0: So Jesus, uh, well, in, in chapter 9, uh, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit tired today, but bear with me, we'll get there. Uh, so, yeah, so, <clears throat> he's already sent out the twelve into the cities to, to preach of his coming, basically. Um, to teach what he taught them. Right? That the, that 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 and the, the whole shebang, right? And, uh, and so where we start in, in 10, we're going to see that repeated but a larger number of people. So does anyone want to read um, 10 for
1: All of us.
0: Uh, how about whoever starts, if we can get two people, read to First twenty-three, the first person and then the second person take over at first twenty-five. You some volunteers. Sure, I'll go first.
2: I'll do the, second half. Right. the Lord now chose seventy-two other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers refused. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you, nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home, stay in one place, eating and drinking what they provide. Don't hesitate to accept hospitality, because those who work deserve your pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them, the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go into its streets and say, we wipe (coughs) the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate. And know this, the kingdom of God is near I assure you, even wicked Sodom will be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. What sorrow awaits you, Chorazan and Bethsaida, for if the miracles I did in you had been done in wicked Tyre and Sidon, their people would have repented of their sins long ago, clothing themselves in burlap and throwing ashes on their head to show their remorse. Yes, Tyre and Sidon will be better off on Judgment Day than you. And you people of Capernaum, Will you be honored in heaven? No, you will go down to the place of the dead. Then he said to his disciples, Anyone who accepts your message is also accepting me. And anyone who rejects you is rejecting me. And anyone who rejects me is rejecting God who sent me. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan From heaven, fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. At that time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And he said, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, Thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal them. Then, when they were alone, he turned to the disciples and said, (laughs) Blessed are the eyes that see what you have seen. I tell you, many prophets and kings longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it.
3: And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen a good portion, which will not be taken away
0: from her. So, um, we're kind of going to do like a head, heart, hands. But I want head for us to focus on what are we learning about God and what are we learning about people. Uh, just kind of combining the sword method in there. Uh, just because I really like it. So I wanna go over this and try to figure out what do we what do we learn about God here? What do we learn about people? Kind of about. Mm-hmm.
4: Are we focusing just on God first? Just oh, focus on God first. Okay. Cool. Well Jesus is the
2: Lord and you don't really believe that until you see it you know what I mean it's like you're like I believe it I believe it and then as soon as the Lord moves it's like whoa you know what I mean like you are the Lord of the harvest
0: so we see him repeating the same Method that he uses with the disciples, but he turns a lot, two by two. So,
5: tells me that the Lord values accountability.
0: He wants us
6: to go after and back up. Yeah, we learned that God wants to use us. Yeah. Right? Like, uh, it's not just, yeah, Jesus wants to use just normal people to heal the sick. Uh, and the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. He was literally yeah. I don't know. It's just interesting because he was literally on Earth. He could have done all of this himself. Yeah, but he chose to include people in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are we doing the whole chapter? Or just again? sorry, we're doing
3: the whole thing. But we're gonna head. Mm-hmm. Okay.
4: Um. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking like the whole chapter. God, it's like crazy. Luke. The, it's heavy on the first side of like. Going out to the harvest, so that's doing something. Caring for the, like the downtrodden, showing mercy. But then, like, the end of it is like hedged by rest, like resting in the Lord. So, it's almost like Luke. What I learned is like, (coughs) yeah, this fear was leading Luke to like remind us not to be too like work heavy. Yeah,
0: I think I think what we see in that is what is what is it that the father values, right? And he values our attention, you uh, our faithfulness and our attention. We see that in the harvest, and we see it when we are looking to him to learn from him and try to seek his face. I think that's what we see Mary doing. She's trying to seek his face, while Mark is trying to accommodate him. When he we've had to allow him to accommodate us.
7: We see that Jesus has authority over all demons, and even Satan, and he can give, uh, it appears as many people as he wants to, he can give authority over them, Mm -hmm. whether it's 12 or 70 or 72. He has the authority to
1: grant authority. Yeah.
7: But then whenever he sends people with authority, it's as if he's sending himself which is then like the Father is there himself. It's kind of like a weird, he who hears me, hears you, hears me, he rejects, he rejects me, and the one who sent me. So it's pretty cool what his authority carries with it.
6: That's just like a pretty crazy thought to think that, yeah, when we're proclaiming the kingdom and someone rejects us, they're rejecting Jesus.
1: Yeah,
6: and the Father, Also, it just kind of gives you, man, you don't feel that like, oh, it's it's not me they're rejecting; they're really rejecting God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It can feel very discouraging when someone rejects you.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the devil gets in too, and he's like, "Mm, you didn't contextualize your gospel enough, or you weren't gentle enough, or, and it's like, no, like, peace. It really is a simple process when God chooses to move. I was going to say that, um, you know, God sends us into sketchy places, unprepared. Like, you know, he literally says, like, I'm sending you out amongst wolves, and you're a lamb, and I don't want you to bring anything, you know, and then similar, like, when this man is taking care of this half-dead human, it's like, that's not clean. That's a messy situation that could entangle the one helping him. So I just, I really see God being like, I'm sending you forth into chaos. Good luck. And I think in that too, it's like, what God
3: commands us sometimes makes zero sense, like rationally, and like the sense of our, like what logic is in our world. Mm-hmm. You know, like this doesn't make sense. Why would you not, if we're going to send us into wolves, give us some, Weapons, give us something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he did. He gave them a weapon of you know his truth and his word. But um, and then like you know, there's like you said the good the Samaritan. Uh, it makes you know. I think I know. I feel convicted of like walking like kind of ignoring or being like the bystander of something going on because it's too complicated. It's messy. But what God wants us to do doesn't make sense to this world. It makes sense to Him. And it requires us to trust Him. That's
0: what He wants us to do. For me, it brings to mind uh, just the the picture that you paint of God sending us into messy places reminds me of them sailing into the storm uh, with the disciples on the boat. See, and the storm whips up, and they think they're going to get swept away. But you know, Jesus is there with them. And he's like, "Yes, and what I, I control the storm. I am the storm. That's like the answers to me." And that chaos that He's sending us into, He's sovereign over too. Uh,
1: what you know, for, that Dad? trust
0: and faith. Chris.
1: And, uh, so he and wants to, to do, do that
0: he delights in our to Him, our attention, our reliance.
1: Mm-hmm.
8: I'm also see that. Uh,
3: mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, verse twenty. Uh, he's um, like speaking to like you know, basically like pride. You know, do not mm-hmm. rejoice in this spirits are subject to you. Rejoice your names are in heaven. So like, He wants us to be grateful versus to Yeah.
8: Um, I was just gonna say to you, like not only do we see that Jesus is the Lord of the harvest, he's the king that we proclaim in the harvest. You know, we talk about the kingdom of God coming near. Obviously we're proclaiming a king of that kingdom, which is Jesus. Um, but also like with the um Good Samaritan parable, you know, you just see Jesus as a good teacher. He knows he knows our hearts. He knows what we need to hear for our hearts to be corrected.
6: Yeah, you said like story and parable to really pierce.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, my head has some curiosity about uh, in verse like 17, like they're able to cast out the demons, but back in chapter 9, they weren't able to cast out the demons. Is there any like... Wasn't it these
0: I, guys that had gone out and were preaching in his name but they Um
4: in verse nine forty it. it says this, this man comes uh hurt where his son is like uh, possessed by a demon and he just says, I begged your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Mm. Mm. and then interesting. I guess they grew. Yeah, I mean my yes. first interact my first thought is like you have to spend time with Jesus to have the authority. But, that, I mean, they're his disciples, so I don't know. That was, that was kind of my first thought. It's just, mm.
6: Also, in verse 9-1, he had already given them to... Uh, he had already given the 12 authority to cast out demons. So now he gives it to the 72. So it just seems like what well, you're talking about, Lindsay, is maybe a special
4: scenario. Yeah, is verse 40 not... Is it, like, not the 12, I guess, It is the twelfth, but it seems
6: like that's just... That's special. Yeah. They had authority to cast out demons, and apparently they did, but maybe this is one where they... Next level. Yeah, exactly. I would also say it could be a
7: pretty unique situation, too. Uh, In chapter 9, Jesus had just told them that he was going to be crucified, Mm -hmm. and they didn't have really a category for that. And so I think they could have been very shaken up in their faith in that moment. Mm. Um... And just in general, yeah, there's something very specific about that, game came in,
1: it was different, um, but
7: whatever it is, they seem restored here for some reason, so.
8: It's almost like, I mean, like God gets and God takes away. You know, just because somebody has the authority. Like, if he gives you the authority to do something once, doesn't mean that you have the authority to do it the next time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just assumed that the authority remains, because it's not from us anyway. Yeah. Um, it's
0: been a delegation.
2: I think we grow in skills, you know, mm-hmm. as well. It's just like you're given something, and, like, you have to develop it. I
0: don't know if it's so much that they grew in skills, Maybe they grew in trust, in faith,
1: faith.
0: yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, <coughs> so I, I noticed something in the parable of the Good Samaritan that we learn about God. I I see, you know, I so I see the picture of love that God paints, right? But then. I think a lot of times we approach this parable thinking about what's our response, what are we called to do, we're called to love this guy on the side of the road, right? And, and to the depth that Jesus talks about, this, this is love, this is the depth of love, right? But yeah. it struck me um, the other day, I was thinking about it, and the, the Jesus is the Samaritan
1: mm-hmm.
0: that loves us completely. We are the ones that walked by, right? We were the priests and the Levites. But Jesus, Jesus was a Samaritan. Mm -hmm. And he picked us up, and he went all the way. And uh, and so, yes, we're called to love like Jesus, like Christ, but this is also something we learn about God. His love is complete and thorough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I wanted to share that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: The sort of people, sort of God, um, just a lesson on priorities in verse 42. Jesus literally says one thing is necessary,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which goes back to the greatest commandment to love the Lord God with all our heart. And it's like, I think if we're not able to like be with God, think about God, enjoy God with our days, you know, like, we need to massively reorganize our priorities. Like, we need to quit our jobs. We need to sell our houses. Like, huge things need to happen for us to be able to get close to God.
0: Yeah, Martha's distracted, right?
7: Yeah, it's kind of amazing how much we accept that busyness is just so much of a part of life that it's going to take us from God. But it's like, why do we... Why do we accept that? Are we
0: Demons? It? Yeah. <laughs> we deceive ourselves we're thinking that's okay. Yeah. It. Hmm. Well, what do we see when we learn about people through this? What do we learn about the human heart?
3: We are selfish, you know, with people walking by, just by the van, the you know, like uh, I'm sure of several thoughts, you know, going through their head, the same thoughts I can, you know, catch myself, even just like, you know, a modern example of like a homeless person, you know, asking for food and I'm getting off the highway, you know, it's like, uh, you know, I don't have anything. Well, like, yeah, I probably do. I probably have something I can, you know, get. Oh, I'm going to hold up traffic. Or I really need to get to where I'm going. You know, there's several excuses we you can think of. Um, and like Paige said earlier, like this, you know, if I help now, you know, what about all the other things that's going to be expected of me? Are
0: okay. so we going to have that fear of commitment to a because
3: mm-hmm. Right, so selfish
5: our mm-hmm. I think I see out of kind of verses seventeen through nineteen, um, a lot of times we can think small, or we can um, think of God's power as small. It says the 72 returned and said, "Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name." But then Jesus kind of like blows their mind and is like, "I saw Satan fall, like." okay you guys cast out demons
2: you know
5: (laughs) respectfully but like just how like and then he says behold I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you like we just we kind of get focused on a small thing or like we think of God in small ways and we don't see God's full power Um, so I think just kind of you know, it was a reminder for me to uh, see more of God and see more of what He can do and uh, have faith in that.
3: And they continue to act surprised, you know? Despite mm.
5: everything
3: they've seen. Yes. Mm-hmm. All the healings uh, and miracles. You and, you know, you this, you know? So I think that it's just like we're quick to doubt what He said. Yeah. And sort of forget that. Jesus can perform miracles, big
7: and small. I think we also, uh, <coughs> in that same vein, we
1: we like take for granted or forget that our names are written in heaven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's like pretty
7: amazing that our inheritance when we die is eternity with Jesus. That's just
8: pretty amazing. <coughs> um, yeah. Uh, without looking at the Good Samaritan as an example to follow, because that's actually not the point of the parable. Uh, the point of the parable is that people want to make themselves righteous. It says that he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, "And who is my neighbor?" And then Jesus replies with this parable. Yeah. So you know, it shows me that we need the teaching of Christ. In order to be right with God otherwise we're gonna to try to be right with God or righteous by some other way mm-hmm. uh, by some other means uh, but we're, we're bankrupt and we need Jesus as our righteousness and we need Jesus teaching to to make us righteous too so I think it teaches us about man that man uh, tries to be righteous by himself or by his own doing, naturally. Like you know, it's like when we sin against somebody. Well, yeah, I did this, but here's you know, you you said this, and that's why you know, we're trying to justify you know our sinfulness or or you know something like that, too, so natural
1: Yeah, the guy
0: that's actually questioning Christ is is a, a lawyer, basically, in the Jewish culture. And so he's he's studied the law and knows it. he's he's a a lawyer, basically. And so uh, one of the things he's doing when he qualifies that and just who is your neighbor, right, is he's trying to protect, to limit his personal responsibility.
1: Mm -hmm.
7: Using the law, though. Exactly. We do the same thing. Like, we're like, even what Katie just said, I've done it all the time. It's like, oh, the light's green. Yeah. That's what the law, the law says. I gotta go. I can't help this person on the side of the road now. Yeah. And so we use the law, we use these man made boundaries to free us up from loving other people. We justify ourselves in
1: doing it.
2: I was gonna say that God sends us to dangerous places, but not alone.
1: Mm-hmm. That's
2: who. And with the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, that's besides his presence that's already with us, too.
2: Three by three. <laughs> Technically. <coughs> five by five. Five by five, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, I see that we need, you know, I, I feel that we need that accountability as people, as humans, struggling with our flesh, people we're out in the hardest, especially when we're out in the hardest. I think God, knowing our hearts fully, builds that into His plan, right? I mean, He doesn't do anything without purpose. Mm -hmm. And so, the model we see him set up for them to go out into the harvest, it teaches us about the new heart, but it means that accountability. Yeah. Just like
2: being with the Welbers, man. I was just like, man, if I had people like this last time I was in India, like, make me laugh all the time, like, I would have started a movement,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah.
2: Just because, like, laughter, I swear, it's, like, the key to life. And worship. Jesus. And I Actually,
1: oh,
0: I do... I see something we could backtrack on to God that we missed. Um, is that you know, He goes before us in the heartless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, um, yeah, it says a lot about Him and mm-hmm. His sovereignty.
7: Sorry. He also comes after us.
1: Mm-hmm. I
7: think that's helpful when we sow seeds and we don't see anything, it's like, and hey, the Lord comes after us. Mm-hmm.
2: Like those like who reject mm-hmm. the Lord, like he is very upset about it. I think it's important that we see that, you know, like whenever that people are rejecting the message, like we need to feel his like grief and anger at their hard heartedness, you know. Like woe to you, woe to you. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and, and really and I mean that, you know uh, there are certain men in Ohio that are part of no police left movement and they would straight up tell people like hey we want you to know like we believe Jesus himself has stood before you today and that you're rejecting him wow. <clears throat> I'm going
1: back to we you learn
3: about people in the market man Situation. I'm all like, I am such a Martha, you know, and I think it just points to our temptation to watch it earn God's love and do things, um, but like Paige was saying earlier really about the the or someone's about business. and I was just speaking to the girls earlier was like. I feel like sometimes, if I'm like, I think, tell myself, like, if I'm really productive, like, this will be a good day, or I feel good about myself, but it never, it's never the case, but I continue to, like, believe that lie, mm-hmm. um, because <coughs> in that productivity, I'm not down to be with the Lord, mm-hmm. wow. even if I was, like, maybe listening to the Bible, while I was doing something, or listening to your podcast, you mm-hmm. know, I'm like, oh, but I'm like, you know, the words I'm hearing are good and true. I'm not like just being
1: with
6: them. I think what really stands out to me is just uh, that like, we've been given, a th- like, that these verses apply to us, that we've been given authority. Jesus to uh, like heal the sick and cast out demons. It's pretty crazy to think about. Right? Like, I mean, I'm assuming, right, we we would, we could take, I mean, yeah, that would be an interesting conversation to like. Is Luke 10 for today? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, can we do that now? Yeah. I would kind of say yes, probably because this is like a forerunner to like how they actually did it in Acts. They went out two by two to new places and they healed people. They cast out demons. Maybe that wasn't the, and they proclaimed the kingdom. More so proclaiming the kingdom than the other two. But they did at times do the other two as well. Mm-hmm.
3: Was, right. it, uh, was it, um, I feel like somebody was telling me an India story and maybe it was Jill. Of, like, one of the students that y'all were just in there? I don't know. I feel like I've heard a story about in India, like, or maybe, no, it was not. It was the Clearys and it wasn't in India. <laughs> but, um, well, it was, I was at college, the college ministry they were doing, and there was, like, a girl who was experiencing, like, what we would call, like, a psychotic episode, mm-hmm. you know, like, demon possessed. And I believe what the, I kind know of that I'm gonna have to cur- I remember
7: the story.
3: Okay, I'm glad I'm not like, <laughs> I believe they prayed for her and did it and like she was healed. I'm not sure the resolution. <laughs> I, I I would like to believe that, but yeah. I don't know, it just made me think of that as like um oh the application
4: of that. I now
3: mean, I'm gonna ask
4: Chelsea to remind me if that's what happened. Yeah. Yeah, we should be thankful for like counseling and medication and like all these things So I think I'm quick to forget the like supernatural mm-hmm. element and I think we we doubt ourselves to like be discerning on that about when is it like I don't know some people would probably say like even if it's a like, mental diagnosis that's like <coughs> someone <coughs> could say like okay you have this diagnosis and here's this medicine like probably some people would say it's still like Satanic is still evil, even if there is a yeah. practical oppression. thing. So there's like there's just disturbance sort of in that, um, and not I mean not meaning too heavy on the side. Yeah. Like what Phil was
1: sitting
6: on earlier
8: is like uh, narrative versus normative. Um, you know, is this narrative normative, um, so to speak? But I think the either way, wherever you fall on that. Just not presuming and relying on God. Like, the Lord has the authority yeah, mm-hmm. to do this. Mm-hmm. I think that that should be a key there, wherever you follow normative or narrative.
0: Yeah, I think the common thing we see in acts of faith and healing and, and miracles that are performed by followers, what we see is the successful to <coughs> do so are by how deep does their trust in the power of God and His goodness? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those two things are important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you can have absolute belief in the power of God and not in His goodness. You, know, you could have absolute belief in His goodness but doubt in His power. Mm-hmm. So those are two things go hand in hand. But I see acts of faith are... Your ability to do something like cast out a woman comes from his ability to do it.
1: And
0: our trust in that, in his power, not in ourselves, is what allows that to happen, right?
1: that's
0: what we see time and time again in scripture. So our abilities lie in his abilities. Our abilities lie in our abilities to trust in his abilities
8: and so we got to be careful there like I mean when they came back and they said uh, and even the demons are subject to you so they're talking about authority and then Jesus says he responds with humility
1: yeah. Yeah.
8: Not, not authority, humility like mm-hmm. your, your yeah. names have been written yeah. <coughs> there's, there's Joy a lot of humility
0: that that. reunited with God names are in the book of life. humility and spirit it in perspective yes. like what is the greatest thing out of all of this Mm-hmm. Not that you won't have to see your demons
7: around, but that you are saved. You'll yeah. be united with God. that's really good. I feel like just over and over and over and over and over again in the Gospels, like, Jesus' response to almost everything is humility, mm-hmm. lowliness, humility, mm-hmm. self denial, mm-hmm. humility. humility. That's really good. Insight. Yeah,
0: yeah. we see that repeated. We, we see that theme in. When he says that, you know, when you listen to you, when they listen to you, they're listening to me. When they reject you, they're rejecting me, and therefore the Father. So he is saying there that his authority, what is granted to him, is only his because the Father has granted it. And so he has, that's why Jesus is sinless because his trust in turning to the Father is perfect. Like his ability, his recognition of the Father is perfect. And that's why he cannot sin. He does not sin because his faith was perfect for the Father. He would perfectly turn in in all things and, and submit to his will, his judgment as he submitted to the Father, right? Perfect. And that's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. The root of sin and and the root of faith is is how perfectly can we turn trust in God, faith in His power. That's what I see. Okay. Well, how does all this make us feel? The sovereignty of Christ. How does it make us feel?
6: The authority given to us. How does that make us feel? Yeah, I feel encouraged. To just like. Yeah, believe. That. When we're going out there proclaiming Jesus' name. We have his authority. Like he's given us his authority. To proclaim the kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's encouragement. I feel thankful.
7: That my name is written in heaven. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
6: <clears throat> I feel encouraged
0: that, you know, that he is going before us. That he's preparing, you know, the way the Spirit comes on these houses and, uh, you know, their hearts are marked by the Spirit. You know, their responses are to you know, Whether or not Christ or, or the Spirit is the hearts to receive Christ, recognize Him, and therefore recognize God. Mm-hmm. The ability to do that comes from the Spirit. And, you know, we talk about how that uh, the lawyer guy was trying to, didn't, you know, get rid of some the <coughs> personal responsibility to love, but uh, a little bit of our personality. Personal responsibility in the harvest is, is taken away a little bit. Our personal responsibility is to be faithful. Okay. All. Mm-hmm. And so I'm encouraged by just we're simply called to follow uh, and to trust uh, in a lot of ways in, in the harvest specifically. And I'm encouraged by that because the simplicity that's how I can do that, right? Yeah. It, that's a choice and it's not a skilled action that I have to perform mm-hmm. but in practice necessarily.
4: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. that fair.
0: How does that make you feel?
3: <laughs> I feel pretty convicted. I think for various reasons like what I was saying about Martha and you know how the Good Samaritan shows compassion. Like, I don't <coughs> to say, like, yeah, I'm a pretty compassionate person, but to people who it's easy to show compassion to. Mm-hmm. So, that wasn't us, like you said earlier. Jesus showed compassion to us when we were not easy by, like, opening our eyes to Him and, for, you know, saving us mm-hmm. through our faith and through His grace. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but also, like, you know, a lot of times when I feel convicted, it's coming with shame, but I feel like at the same time, I just feel grateful that you know, verse 23 and 24, like our eyes are, He has chosen to open our eyes to see Him
1: mm-hmm.
4: and mm-hmm. to hear Him. Uh, yeah, I feel convicted by verse 21 that Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's easy to. Yeah, for to um, both ask for the Holy Spirit's <laughs> Holy Spirit's help, but also to like <coughs> yeah give him credit when things happen. So um, that's very convincing.
8: So I feel encouraged to rely on the Lord, like whether that's praying to the Lord of the Harvest or. Um, Depending on him in the harvest is worth proclaiming, or uh, relying on his authority, or uh, just like rest, resting in him um, as far as uh, Martha and Mary. You know, we're resting in him.
3: I like yours. The line It's good.
0: For to choose the better portion, yeah.
2: like a middle piece of the cake versus the edge.
0: <laughs> like Goldie locks in the three barriers in the middle. Of that is just. Prefer the edge of the cake.
2: Because it's more icing. Yeah. I actually thought that yeah. when <laughs> like I was saying <laughs> <applauding> it. <that way. laughs>
4: the other way. Yeah. Uh. Is it me that like. I mean, our Bibles like break this up, but verse twenty one actually follows like what you were saying, about, like him calling them to humility, and then he shows humility by rejoicing in the spirit, Mm -hmm. not rejoicing in his self.
0: especially love. Uh, <coughs> you know, I was talking about the Jesus, he is that Samaritan that stops and picks us up and takes care of us. Fearless. You know, I recognize that in my life so acutely that it just makes me, I'm so thankful and
5: filled with love
0: that Christ has
1: poured out on me in doing so. You've done such
0: a good job in your life. Thank you. And I I feel, you know, convicted to try to pour out the same love on others. And and that my heart is not called to that. To different different people in my life. That I wouldn't be willing to go that far for. Convicted of that. (coughs) So it gives me to be prayerful and seeking the father to move my heart towards that uh, so you know we what we we can take what we've learned about God here and we need to apply it into our lives you know God gives us a picture but uh, we want to be hearers, um, but we also want to be doers. And so, yeah. How can we apply? We've learned. What are some practical applications we can get in our lives going forward in the week and months ahead yeah, with this?
8: I'm encouraged just to be more dependent on the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'm not really praying and preparing
1: you know, for
0: harvest. Yeah, right you know, by the Yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah, reliance. Mm-hmm. I think that's an excellent response. I think,
7: that's... I think we should just still stick with Luke 10 stuff. I mean... <clears throat> I think it's really tempting to be like, Man, this doesn't work in the U.S., it doesn't work anywhere. Um, but it's like, No, like, we should still be praying for the Lord to send out laborers into the harvest, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we should still go into new places seeking for people of peace mm-hmm. that the Lord's prepared to receive the messenger, the message, um, to share it with the people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like that's still for today,
1: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Yeah, I would ask the question, are we specifically called to follow Jesus' model here to the letter? I mean, and I would say no. Um, I, I would say no because the trap that the Pharisees and scribes fell into is that they sought to fill out the letter of what was prescribed. And I believe that our calling is to look into the heart that Christ had, the intention that he had, and each detail that he does, setting up this plan, setting up this going forth. What is his heart in these things? Um, I think that's what we're, first and foremost, that's why he came is to tell us to follow the heart of God's will. God's will, his heart and the rules that he gave us is give us opportunities to be obedient and submit to him um, and recognize him so what would
2: you say the heart is
0: in Luke 10? in Luke 10 I would say the heart is to trust in him in the harvest so, and then that accountability measure the two by two when he tells them For sake, you know, don't bring anything you don't need you're going to be totally relying on the houses um, that you go to and therefore totally reliant on me Right, so he does that on purpose there, and then he gives them clear, clear ways to recognize, you know, you know, a house that's willing to accept his news, you know. So the way he prescribes that, we're called to recognize receptiveness. He's saying that that exists in the harvest. Receptiveness exists in the harvest, and we're called to recognize it and move on to where he's ready, that he's prepared accordingly. No, we're not, we're not necessarily called to beat on a door until it's ready. We're called to knock on the door, check. And if it's not ready, move on to the next door and, and knock on that part and see if it's ready to receive Christ. And so that's where I see the heart and what he prescribes here specifically. Um, that trust in him and then that ability to recognize um, that time is scarce and we're moving on. You know, trusting that God will clean up after us. If if He desires that heart, He will have it.
1: Um, and so.
4: um I think sometimes I can like when it when I read like Pray for Laborers, um to be sent out like I can go to the extreme of like oh our church is the only ones who <laughs> are being the laborers you know and I need to like remember so it's like that in Memphis I and mean, we definitely you know to pray for like unreached peoples where there's not places but in Memphis like there are laborers and I was reminded by that because me and Anna were closing on Friday night and we're the only two believers at French Truck and this couple came up and asked if they could pray for us and um I was like, dang, I mean, I wish it wasn't the two of us who are believers who are here to receive this. But it did remind me that there are people, um, in Memphis and to pray for um the people in my my oikos, like, yes, we we are commanded to um like reach them and to share with them, um, but not to be so centric. That's like just us, you know, to pray for the labors across Memphis that will intersect with, or with us as well, like, we plant and other people water and God gives the growth. So I think, like, I don't know, it's kind of like a roundabout conviction from this passage, but just to, like, the labors that are there to pray and, and labor with them, um, and, yeah, be thankful if they receive growth as well.
0: <laughs> Sweet. Well, I was going to I was just seeing if anybody else had anything else, but um yeah, so I also see um you know, an application <laughs> You know, with Mary and Martha, right? Uh, So you have Martha is preparing for Christ's visit. She's trying to tidy up the house. She's trying to cook the food, get everything ready. And what she has decided is good. She thinks that the best way to serve Christ in that moment is to start preparing things and getting these things ready. And so she has chosen to distract herself from the best thing. With maybe a good thing, what she's doing is good. But is it the best thing? And so there's an application here where we need to be looking for what is the best thing, the good, better, best. Right? We go back to, uh, I guess, uh, Chelsea is the the originator of this. I don't know. I'm sure Scripture is the originator of this, but. That good, better, best, you know, not just, you know, is what we're doing, is it distracting us from the glory of the Lord, you know, is it making us distracted from his face, or is, are we beholding him? Are we at his feet, ready to see him, we're just wanting to see him, behold him and glory of
1: him? Uh, Mary has
0: chosen the better portion there, and so we want to choose that better portion yeah, so that's, that's it. Any,
8: any extra thoughts anybody has?
0: Uh, I would them? just
8: like to say uh, <laughs> what you were hitting at earlier about like the letter versus the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I would say we just have to be beware of pragmatism in the sense of yes. if I do this, then this result will happen. Mm. Yeah. And we have to be careful of that. So it's like as we're, as we're obeying the words of Jesus, once again, we're relying on the work of Jesus. Not like if I do this, mm-hmm. yeah. then this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But God, if you do this, if you grant the authority, <coughs> if you open up hearts, if you're going before me, if yes. you're with me, if you're going behind me, if you're causing the growth, Father, if you reveal the Son, and the Son, if you reveal the Father, exactly, then this will happen. There's you know, heart. so it's just that reliance as we're out and sharing. You know, so just once again, I was just reminded. It's <coughs> like we're not going to treat the words of Christ apart from the work of Christ. Yeah, it's not just like letter versus spirit. It's dependent on the Spirit, dependent on Christ, as we're. Uh, Obeying the words of Christ.
1: Yeah,
0: the letter is, is worded specifically for a reason. Yeah, right. Um. Alright,
7: so it's pretty much 12 now.
1: Yep.
7: Is um, everyone cool to stay after for another 30 minutes for the
1: third third? No, I'm going to go outside